Support for Old Kentucky Tales comes from the Jackson Purchase Historical Society, whose mission is to promote the interest, study, and preservation of Western Kentucky's history. Partnering with regional organizations to host events and programs, the Jackson Purchase Historical Society welcomes historians from the professional to the amateur to become a member. There are links to historical videos, biographies, archives, and more about becoming a member online at jacksonpurchasehistory.org. Under the leadership of that haughty woodsman, Daniel Boone, a large party set out for the new land, Kentucky. Where else come to be pretty like me? I'm Colonel Harold Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Have I told you you people are crazy? This is Old Kentucky Tales, the only podcast that solemnly swears that we have never built a statue with our entire life force. Today's title is Joel Hart's Broken Heart and the Woman Triumphant. I'm your host, Brent Taylor. To my left is the man who still wonders why they put a bike lane in front of what's left of the mall, Jason Donner. Are you talking about the mall that's located in whatever town we live in? Yeah, that's exactly the right one. <laughs> they put a bike lane in front? Yeah. The people just ride their bikes to the mall all the time. <laughs> That was apparently the idea behind it. It's okay. kind of like a track. It looks like a, a track going oh, it's around real a noticeable. middle school football field or something like that. Like new paint. Okay. Yeah. And I've so never seen a bicycle there. the cars just scoot there. over? I mean, they didn't, did they move everything over? There's a car lane and then a bike lane. Yeah. And they're, they're uh, side by side racing, drag racing down the parking lot. In this episode of Old Kentucky Tales, our main event will examine Kentucky's greatest sculptor, our bonus material will include a tribute to Todd for Producer Appreciation Month. And along the way, don't forget to support the fake history sponsors who support Old Kentucky Tales. The products are real, only the sponsorship is fake. Scolding won't help with this coupon will. Joyful news, amazing new, in your tone method ends bedwetting completely, even when all other treatments have failed. More than 200,000 cases have already corrected, usually in 30 days or less. Invented by a noted physician, recommended by physicians everywhere. Not a medicine, not a diet. In your tone is a simply pleasant method that children actually welcome. It starts ending bedwetting immediately. Equally effective for adults. <laughs> you could use it too. It says there at the end of the ad. It, what's this the name? A, uh, in your tone. In your tone. <laughs> hmm. What's that a reference to? I don't. Well, they, these ads like this, they often wouldn't tell you what it is exactly. Yeah, just buy it. Yeah, because so you've got this problem. It, it's not a medicine or a diet or like a plan. It's nothing. Yeah, it's like, got to be an apparatus of some sort. Oh, you what, think it's gonna? You I strap think it's, this thing. Something's got to do something onto your physical frame. Well, what is it? If it's not a mental change, like a diet, or I don't know what what would diet have to do with it? Yeah, Just that's cut interesting. out water. Never I sort drink. Of, I sort of envisioned a supplement of some sort. You did. So, because, you know, that's none of those things either, it's right? Not a, I guess it's not a medicine. But it could be a device. It doesn't even say. I hope it's not a device of any sort. <laughs> that's terrible. It's just a giant pan. Hey, look, red wedding <laughs> solved. This touches deep with a lot of people. I'm going to confess something here, that I was a bedwetter. But you didn't really I was, mean to? or No, what? I, just, I was only like one year <laughs> old on at the time. 
Well, one year old, of course. I did it from one year old to one and a half, and it was really, really, really awful. I see. Because it would be like wet when I woke up. (laughs) And sometimes I was the first one up. (laughs) But then you turned two and everything was okay? (laughs) I turned two and it was like, God, that was so long ago. Um, people have different uh, experiences with it, but scolding's never going to help. Oh, that's the, exactly right. Help I mean, anything. they they're not, not doing fault. it out of rebellion. Of course, there's nothing about it that's it's, anyone's did. fault. <laughs> <laughs> you got something to confess to your mom right now? Like, remember all those times? My wife and I have an argument. You know what's going to oh. happen? <laughs> it's a tool in the toolbox that you can <laughs> yeah, use. It's always when appropriate. Like, you never know. I might I'll be show serious. you. I'll show. <laughs> And now that things have totally derailed, here's uh-huh. the moment we've all been waiting for. The main event. Round one. All right, Jason. It's a little surprising that we have not covered this guy before because he is one of the premier artists in Kentucky history. His name is Joel T. Hart. Uh, Clark County, Kentucky. Okay. And so that makes him really one of our most famous native-born artists. And he was even bigger than just Kentucky famous. He was famous throughout the country. He also moved to Europe at one point, and so he would have been known over there in the art right. circles as well. For example, the uh, the women of Kentucky, there was a, a group that, that organized to try to have his statue, Woman Triumphant, put into the – the courthouse. Uh, and and so, you know, they knew of him, and there was quite a bit of pride about him. So, so this we, is the story of him sculpting that? Yes. And just in general. It's kind of like a mini bio. Okay. This guy here is Edward McDermott, and he was kind of a young artist when he was – when Joel G. Hart was in the peak of his career. And at this point – they're trying to honor him by getting the statue on display. And this is kind of like a little tribute. So it says here, Joel T. Hart is the only Kentucky artist that can truly be called great. Mr. Hart was born in Clark County in 1810, died in Florence, Italy in 1877. The sculptor's parents were poor, plain, respectable persons, and that was everybody in Kentucky in 1810. They bequeathed him no petty fortune or silly family pride, but good principles, a vigorous mind, and a true heart. Men of his stamp do not usually inherit a great name. They make one. That's kind of a cool tribute, right? Uh, yes, yeah, well put. <laughs> <laughs> Prosperity like and social rank help only a mediocre person. Genius needs no such stilts. Right. Uh, they have, they've got to come up with it. Yeah, I like how you even zinged it a little bit at the beginning there and saying silly family pride. Right, 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 yeah. We're the so-and-so. Yeah, it's of no true consequence. (laughs) But then this guy comes along and he's basically a genius. Yeah. And he can just blow all that away. Mr. Hart went to school only three months, but by persistent effort, educated himself, and toward the end of his life was able to write some credible poetry. In order to fit himself for his artwork, he studied anatomy with success in Transylvania University in Lexington. We haven't talked a lot about that, but at one time, Transylvania was the premier learning institute in this whole region. 
Yeah. So it was more prominent in, I guess, medicine and law? And uh, things like it was that. medicine. It was law. They had big-name professors. Okay. You might be able to take a class by Henry Clay there or something like that. And it was it was big, big time. So there was it, some kind of Thomas Jefferson quote where he said basically that ever, anybody who was anybody had come from Transylvania. All right. There was a time where some obscene number of people in Congress had been educated there. Really? Okay. It was kind of like a Harvard or a or a Stanford or something like that. Yeah. He was always frugal, temperate, laborious, genial, and devoted to his friends. Of little children, he was very fond, often kissing them on the street, even when they were unknown to him. Everything beautiful or innocent touched his heart. His figure was a little above the medium size. His features indicated a strong will and a sunny disposition, but he was not handsome. A full beard covered his face. Are you really an artist if you don't wear a full beard? Maybe that's just always been the case. (laughs) Though he was often very poor, having barely the necessities of life, he never complained or sought help. As long as he had any money, he worked on his ideal pieces. When his little store was exhausted, he made a few busts for his patrons, and on the profits, lived while he turned again with new zest to the darling creatures of his imagination. In early youth, he worked as a stonemason. That's kind of a neat story there. That That's kind of where he learned, like, hey, I've got some sort of weird talent for right, shaping has, this rock. Yeah, and has that to practice on and discovers it to use it in art. Yeah. And at 20, began to carve letters on tombstones and to make models in a marble yard. In the course of the next 16 years, he made a good number of, lar- of good busts, Such men as Andrew Jackson, Cassius Clay, we remember him from earlier, John J. Crittenden. In 1849, he went to Florence, Italy, to put into marble his model of Clay's statue that he made for the Ladies' Clay Association of Richmond, Virginia. On this model and statue, he worked with intermissions for 13 years. Can you imagine that? One project, 13 years. Normal people would think, man, that's how could you do that? I mean, or any project take 13, is 13 years, years to write a novel. Why does it take so long for you to think and perfect it? Yeah, I mean, it may be, but it's still an incredible labor I don't know. of love, right? Yeah. And maybe there's multiple pieces. You know, you start a piece and then, oh, good oh point. that didn't work out. Or like his head's really tiny. That's <laughs> like, yeah. back to the drawing board. And it's hard to, <laughs> right? it's easy to carve off more head. It's hard to add more, but that's know, a good like point. Yeah, and, I mean the artist. I mean they say that too about like, oh, he took, he took uh, um, Christopher Nolan fourteen years to write the script. Well, I mean not every minute of fourteen years. <laughs> right, you know, it's just as an artist, it just took that while for it to congeal. Yeah, that's true. Like Jello. You continue now, Brent. (laughs) In the beautiful grounds surrounding Richmond's capital, this marble likeness of the orator stood for years, but having been slightly damaged from constant exposure to the changes in atmosphere and to the mischievousness of boys, it has been placed in a niche in the rotunda of the capital and looks down upon the senators and representatives of Virginia as they pass to and from the post of honor and duty reminding them constantly, I hope that a public man should always so live and act that he might with truth and propriety have inscribed upon his tomb words like those that adorn the sarcophagus of the sage of Ashland. That's Henry Clay again. 
I can with unshaken confidence appeal to the divine arbiter for the truth of the declaration that I have been influenced by no impure purpose, no personal motive, have sought no personal aggrandizement. <laughs> you know, that is pretty uh, pretty high bar to live up to. Just the way that people wrote things back then, it's just why why did why did that change? It's so I think we were still a little bit British. Almost difficult to follow. Yeah. Like because the way that they just use phrases. Oh, it's a different mindset. It's kind of like when you read Shakespeare. Yeah. And at first Where'd that think, go, Brent? <laughs> where did it go? It's funny. Uh, one time in class we did a speech from about eighteen fifty five. What do you you read it out loud? Yeah, I read it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. the, and somebody like, in, what the in heck complete is frustration <laughs> finally said, when are these people going to speak normally? <laughs> uh, can I, but it, this is a really smart person, too. Yeah. Well, Jason used to bring it back. Your oh, average yeah. guy on the street might not do that, but they still had – they just had flowery language. Mr. Hart's other important works are a fine copy of the Venus de' Medici, a bust called Il Penis uh, – Penseroso. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Penseroso. <laughs> I was going to say El Penicillin. <laughs> El Penicillin. It's, also it's a very important work. <laughs> Representing a handsome woman with downcast eyes, the morning glory. I'm a looking at it. I'm looking at it. Don't worry. <laughs> a beautiful little child holding a morning glory in one hand. Wait a minute. Is this and, a different art? And her scant oh. flower-filled gown in the other. These are the ones leading up to the big one. Okay. <laughs> a colossal statue of clay made for New Orleans. And Woman Triumphant. So this is kind of like his magnus opus, okay. Woman Triumphant. And that's the one you've got the picture this, of there. Yeah, and um, are you going to later describe it? Should Let's we go tell ahead and them? talk about it. So, yeah, so she's here a it naked is. lady. Okay. With the statue, sculpture. right? Yeah, it's a statue, yeah. of course. Uh, but she's looks like she's about to throw an arrow into the body of a small child at her feet. <laughs> is she taking the arrow away from him? Because he's like one of those yes. little uh, Cupid people. Yeah, so he is Cupid. He's He's got the wings. And he's got the wings. Also naked Cupid. He uh, shoots you. Right, because he's sort of cherub-like, you know. Yeah, and wherever he, that came from. And he's got... <laughs> it's a nice idea. Yeah, that's interesting. It came I, from somewhere. Uh, we saw it in Bugs Bunny, probably. <laughs> anyway, she, I think maybe she's not going to stab him, but taking it away. Right. He's got his other arrows. He's already shot them. They're broken, lying around the ground, um, because he's trying to hit her Oh, that's okay. with the arrow so, of love. Right. And she's keeping him from doing that. Yes. He's got one last arrow left. I like this now. She's now, grabbed it, <laughs> and she's held it way up high it. above his head. Yeah. And he can't quite reach it. Why did I see it in that other way? <laughs> anyway, no, that's uh, a great idea. We have more idea. violent times today, right? Well, what, <laughs> well, was, like what was the year What was this? the year? Uh, it's mid-century there, and it's another one of these things where he worked for yeah. years and years and years so and years. So this is his, like you said, his most famous work. So this is when women were, I mean, you had high collars, you had big, um, like, bell dresses. Yes, you know everything was ornate but complicated at the same time, and so you got this artist making this sculpture of uh, of, of a nude woman and and this cherub. I don't know. I just find it interesting that in a time where everybody was so formal and covered up and uptight, that you have this sculpture being created that's just the opposite of that. 
Yeah, so that's it's true. Like this, it's like this outlet for that repression. <laughs> they did study the classics. Uh-huh. Which right. is Greece and Rome, and all those statues are naked. Right. So, so yeah, this is like somehow, the source like, of their inspiration. Like, yeah, Todd's saying, like, somehow that was okay. In that yeah. one way, a well, nudity, public nudity, and a sculpt in a work of art was okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, with Woman Triumphant, of this he felt assured and with pleasure and confidence, he staked all his meat and praise on. That great work, making it the chief effort of his genius, the bright dream and solace of his laborious life. It may be fairly called a poem in marble. That's a pretty cool description. Here's where the speaker met Joel Hart. Just ten years ago, while in that beautiful city on the Arno, sweet Florence, I made a visit to his studio. Though a young student and a stranger, I was welcomed simply because I was from Kentucky. Hey, you're from Kentucky? <laughs> you're in. <laughs> right. Yeah, probably everybody does that. <laughs> Wherever you're from, you're okay. To his native state and its people, his heart were always devoted. For all Kentuckians, he had a lavish fund of kindness and affection. It is fit, therefore, that they should love and honor him. On that beautiful May morning in 1874, he was working cheerfully and zealously in his plain, unadorned studio. Its bare floor, scant furniture, and confused array of models showed how little interest or how little the artist cared for comfort or ostentation. In fact, the place was not inviting to visitors until they learned to know the genius that presided there, until they felt the influence of the great intellect and the cheerful heart that turned this somber shop into a sanctuary. Would you expect anything less of a great artist's studio? Shouldn't there be little pieces of art uh -huh. everywhere? Yeah. It's not going to be all dressed up and put away in drawers right, and all yeah, that, is you it? You don't want to see order in an artist's mind, right, Todd? Todd's got something on this. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> As an artist, shouldn't you be a little bit messy with your art supplies? Well, it depends on your discipline. From my perspective, yeah, it can you be messy are, with those files. Well, well, if you are if you are a painter and a drawer, you can't avoid it. Or or a sculptor for yeah. sure. Printmaking, anything that is tactile, ink everywhere. Right, right, right. Dust. I mean, you know, and and that's and that's okay because there's still organization in that chaos. But when you come to other disciplines like photography, photography is there's certain you know, there's a there's a part of that 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 can certainly be messy, and you can do contamination of chemistry, and you know there's a there's a definitely a creative part to that. But generally speaking, even like if in, if you're in a dark room, um, it's about keeping things separated and you want to make sure you clean things between each step and it's all very regimented um so it, it just really depends on your approach but but yeah generally yeah messy is messy is good yeah more so. artistic on the walls in the corners and on the floor were a great many plaster casts of hands arms feet and legs there it is <laughs> the artist wore a smoking cap and a big apron uh-huh what's a smoking cap <laughs> I'm not like, exactly like sure, but I'm. I know people it's people like to put berets on artistic. It's what you wear with your, You wear that with your smoking jacket. Yeah. With your smoking cap. 
In his hand, he held an instrument very like a putty knife. Yeah. In the middle of the floor, on a revolving pedestal, stood two figures in clay, uh-huh. one Venus and the other Cupid. The patient, thoughtful artist was continually scanning and remodeling these figures. This was his great life effort, the dream and hope of his manhood. He was striving to reach perfection in this work, that it might be an enduring monument of his fame. The Venus, a beautiful woman, held in her hand an arrow, the last that came from Cupid's bow. All the rest of his quiver lay broken at her feet. This last one she had taken and now held it above him far beyond his grasp. On tiptoe, pleadingly, he stretched forth his hand for his weapon, hoping for one more chance to reach her heart, which was impregnable to force, but might be gained by entreaty. That's artsy, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But I'm still like, I thought from the title... That this was about him and his personal life. Is this about a woman and who he broke his heart or not? Well, it is. Because okay. He said that in the when, title, Heartbreak. Yeah, well, when he was young, he fell in love. I think she would have been open to it from what the story says. <laughs> However, he knew he so was this fun. artist type, right? <laughs> yeah, so she dumped him? I think they kind of mutually agreed, like based on his idea, that he was <laughs> sure, never yeah, going to have enough money. It's mutual. Money. That's what you tell everybody. It was mutual. <laughs> they were lying about that all the way back in the 1800s. <laughs> uh, but it's, okay. So it was about a woman. This, is, this isn't just like a great idea, even though it is a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was inspired by the heartbreak. And, okay. And what was her name? That. Do we know? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I, Do I think she's a little phone? bit... No, yeah. no, she she has not called in as of yet. Um, well, I like that we did art. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's we never do that. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, 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 and plus he's this. he's a big artist, so well it's, uh, you get you get both coverage there. You get art coverage, you get history coverage, so it's pretty cool. So where would we see like in the, in the United States his art? Is it around Kentucky's capital? Okay, the so the Henry Clay statue is in New Orleans. <laughs> the thing about is Woman it, Triumphant, though. Right. So, Woman Triumphant is yeah. Where's that thing? It no longer exists. What happened? Not so, not Hitler. Please tell me Hitler didn't do this for real. Well, they were they like were stealing it in the forties. Okay. Now, finally, got this thing put into a courthouse, uh, and then there was a fire in the courthouse, like twelve years later. What? Well, so, what has that got to do with a statue made out of marble? Exactly. I thought the same down. thing, right? Yeah. So you're thinking, okay, you scrub it a little. <laughs> scrub it. So it's <laughs> you buff it black. out. It's tarnished. That's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's just luster. But during the course of the fire, during the course of the fire, someone came in. With there was a- this giant bell, <laughs> and the bell fell on top of the statue and smashed oh, it into a thousand pieces. Are you pieces. kidding me? No. That what that was so, really, 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 really unfortunate. They loved their bell, and it was up there. And they said, "Let's put our wonderful statue right below it." That's why the bell fell straight down and destroyed it. I think it's awesome that there was that statue in a courthouse in the middle, like you know, the eighteen fifties or sixties or yeah, yeah. I mean, this was this thing. He worked twelve years on it, and there was one point where some wealthy guy saw it 
and he was gonna he offered him twenty thousand dollars for it. Yeah, and you have to keep in mind that that's twenty thousand mid nineteenth century dollars. Was that like fifty million? Yeah, you, you could at least <laughs> you could at least put two zeros on yeah. there. Yeah, easily. And, that, and that's like being pretty conservative okay. about it. Yeah, I mean, it would be millions of dollars. Sure, and he was just like. No, it's not perfect yet. <laughs> it's gonna give it to those Kentuckians. <laughs> well, he just didn't feel <laughs> like it was finished. It. Yeah, and he wanted it to be perfect before he <laughs> did anything with it. Well, he's not finished. That's pretty you wild. Say, but stuff. you can give me a grant to help pay my living expenses <laughs> while I finish it. You know, that's the thing about artists back then. <laughs> How did they? They just had patrons. They had patrons, yeah. so. You know, you can make a model of politicians, right? And so people will pay for that. So that's what he did so that then he could go and do do his real art. Yeah. I bet there's a lot of interesting stories maybe about really significant works of art that aren't here anymore. Like, they should be. That's at the top of the list for Kentucky history. Yeah, something happened horribly. Not stolen, but like tragically destroyed. You know, there is a lot of stuff like that. At one time, there was one Spinosaurus skeleton in the world. Now, they found more since. Yeah. But, but the, the back, one in, they had. back in the 20th century, there was one complete Spinosaurus skeleton, <laughs> and the Nazis destroyed it in World War II. Oh, yeah. It's the, but just the war is going to – Yeah. Like, that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does happen. Art. So and, there's your Nazis again. Okay. There's your Nazis again. Nazis. They I destroyed hate those guys. that Spinosaurus. <laughs> but we found some more later. Yeah. So it, is that, that one of the bigger ones? Ending. I haven't heard of that Yeah. One. He's um, – Sounds kind of made up. Frankly, Spinosaurus. I agree. Totally agree. <laughs> like what a little kid would come up with. What's a dinosaur? Sp- little kids do love Spinosaurus. Uh, keep All right. Well, let's pay some bills. Yeah, pay here. the bills. This part of the program is brought to you by Munsingware Knit Briefs with exclusive horizontal fly and uh, comfort pouch. Oh, I was taking a drink. You got me. <laughs> Only $1. Now, we do have a picture of this comfort oh. pouch. So, so Jason, I think I got it. I don't really need to. Do you, is do you, it the little? Does it look comfortable to you? Because I'm uh, going to say negatory it looks a little on that strenuous. one. Strenuous. That's what I'm I thinking. See. Well, but he is trying to do a chin up. Okay, so he's all time. tensed up. No, yeah, you're saying that uh, the comfort pouch. Comfort pouch. Yeah, it looks a little sewn together. There, it's pretty sewn up. Horizontal fly. I think this is where the, the term tidy whitey. <laughs> yeah, was re- right. And they were selling it at Daw Hairs. I wasn't quite sure about pronunciation. And that's Daw because Daw Hairs. That's because that name is Middle Eastern. Is it Daw Hairs? Um, I put, always said Daw Hairs. The, just Daw Hairs. You don't put the middle A. In. I never did say it, but that's probably a okay. Kentuckyization. Yeah. And that's a wonderful name. I didn't want to disrespect yeah, it by not including the, the middle bases. vowel like you did, Brent. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Girlfriends all constantly wanting to go in there. I, wasn't it? Uh, was it a uh, women's clothing? Uh, they had like everything. This. They had everything. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I bought a suit in there one time. The horizontal fly. What's going on? Um, which way is the normal fly? Vertical. Yeah. I guess it is. So how would that even? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that a good mean? point. I didn't even think it's about that. Does open. the direction really matter, though? Yeah. I mean, it. Well, I think it could work case, either way, couldn't it? Uh, it's. I get it now. It's more of a pouch, isn't it? You know, because I, I if think you open it, it that way, you can Google the picture. I'm sure. Really, it's a little too graphic of a picture, even for me. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I know it's a cartoon drawing, but still. Even still. Especially in 1962 or whenever this was. <laughs> Get yours today. <laughs> and don't forget, it is still 
Producer Appreciation Month, Jason. Oh, still got that. Yeah, so it's a whole month of it. I was really starting to hate doing this, but now this has been fun. <laughs> now I'm good. You think you hated it. <laughs> I was He's developing a new World War II class. Full of Nazis, by the way. This is the true story? Yeah, true story. So I noticed during the course of that, that the word Todd means death in German. (laughs) They say it Toad. (laughs) <laughs> but it, but it's it's the word Todd. This doesn't nice. feel like producer appreciation all that much. <laughs> well, it wasn't until <laughs> I discovered that they had all these phrases built around that word. Okay. So so Todlongweilig is deadly boring, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's the kind of phrase we ought to have. Around. <laughs> Say it again. What is it? Todlongweilig. <laughs> that's a your... good choice. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, this was super cool. Uh-huh. Toad shika, kind of like chic, uh-huh. but it's like dead stylish. So, so you know, like, in a good like, way. Like, like when Todd dead, wears the gorgeous. sport coat. You've seen Todd yeah. wear the sport coat. He's gorgeous. Dead stylish, right? Okay. Toad shika. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's chic. You're, that's my new Instagram account. <laughs> that uh, would be a kind of a cool Instagram that, account. Did, did, that's it? Just two? Uh, but okay. right, back, right back to normal, <laughs> just like your man. Yep. Forget I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you can download even more episodes on iTunes or the NPR One app. If you like what you hear, who are we kidding? You're probably That's not, not going to get better than that. <laughs> we went everywhere with that. Deadly boring. Be proud. Uh, special thanks to WKMS, <laughs> our producer Todd Birdsong, the Paducah School of Art and Design. Yeah. West Kentucky Community yes. and Technical College, such a great place to learn. And the rest is history.